Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9, the most confidential knowledge, verse number 27. Yat Kodoshi Yad Ashnasi Yad Juhoshi Dadasi Yat Yat Tapasyasi Kaunteya Tat Karushva Mad Arpanam Synonym Yat Whatever Karoshi You do Yat Whatever Ashnasi You eat Yat Whatever Juhoshi You offer Dadasi you give away. Yat, whatever. Tapasyasi, austerities you perform. Kaunteya, O son of Kunti. Tat, that. Kurushva, do. Mat, unto me. Arpanam, as an offering. So this verse is definitely one of the main verses which explains this chapter, the most confidential knowledge. This verse in particular is one of the prominent verses which exemplifies the most confidential knowledge. Please repeat. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. Whatever you eat. Whatever you eat. Whatever you offer or give away. Whatever you offer or give away. And whatever austerities you perform. And whatever austerities you perform. Do that, O son of Kunti. Do that, O son of Kunti. As an offering to me. As an offering to me. So, before we go to Prabhupada's purport, here is the all-inclusive uh, nature of Bhakti Yoga. That there are no restrictions that Krishna here is saying anything, whatever whatever action you do food that you eat whatever you want to give away as charity you want to do austerities anything that you're going to do in your life should be done as an offering to Krishna and that will make your life perfect in chapter 3 if you recall, if you would mind uh, look at chapter 3, verse number 9. Because that chapter 3, verse number 9, this verse is a fuller explanation of chapter 3, verse 9. What is the translation, Batuk, in the microphone? Work done as sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in this material world. So... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Therefore, O son of Kunti, perform your prescribed duties for his satisfaction. And in that way, you will always remain free from bondage. So in chapter 3, Krishna was saying that if you don't do sacrifice, then you'll become entangled. Here, Krishna is making it even more explicit. You should do it as an offering to him. Why? Because Krishna is the original Vishnu. 
Krishna is the original Narayan. So why not do it for Krishna? Let's look at Prabhupada's purport. Thus, it is the duty of everyone to mold his life in such a way that he will not forget Krishna in any circumstance. A few weeks ago, or maybe a month or two ago, I gave a class from that verse from Chaitanya Charitamrita, where Lord Chaitanya was explaining what is the regulative principle of all regulative principles. And Lord Chaitanya explained to Sanatana Goswami that the ultimate regulative principle is always remember Krishna and never forget Him. All the other rules and regulations in bhakti are servants of that principle. That is the ultimate commandment. Always remember Krishna and never forget Him. So here Prabhupada is emphasizing it is the duty of everyone that he or she will not forget Krishna in any circumstance. When we forget Krishna, that's called Maya. My favorite story, one of Prabhupada's sannyasis. Oh, I'm sorry, Prabhupada. I didn't do something. I must have fallen into Maya. And Prabhupada's response was, No, you're always in Maya. Sometimes you fall into Krishna. So that is the conditioned soul. And the whole principle of bhakti yoga is to regulate the life in such a way that from morning to evening you're remembering Krishna. Especially if you live in the temple. The temple program is so designed that it is conducive, most conducive to think of Krishna all throughout the day. But it's not automatic. You have to make the endeavor. You have to try. And those of us who don't live in the temple, all of us here, we have to work a little harder because we're not living in the temple. So we have to actually work a little harder to remember Krishna and never forget him. But there's no excuse because if you turn to chapter 8, verse 7, don't lose this place, but I want everyone to turn to chapter 8, verse 7, one of my favorite verses of the Bhagavad Gita. And I'm in a very good mood today, boys and girls. I'm in a very good... Yes, you are my... You are my Prajumna Das. It's a, therefore, Arjuna, you should always think of me in the form of Krishna and at the same time carry out your prescribed duty of fighting with your activities dedicated to me and your mind and intelligence fixed on me you will attain me without doubt very good so you are to think of Krishna and execute your prescribed duty whether it be a engineer or a housewife or a computer geek or whatever you are Krishna is not giving anyone a pass. He expects us to do our duty and think of him. Very good, Mahatma, for putting that. All right, I'm dealing with it. How are you? And how are you? When I see you, what name of Krishna do I immediately think of when I see you? That's right, <laughs> Govind. And tonight I'm going to sing my Govinda song for you. Okay? 
So remind me, after Bhagavad Gita class, before we go, I want to sing my Govinda song for you. Let's continue the purport. Everyone has to work for maintenance of one's body and soul together. And Krishna recommends herein that one should work for him. Everyone has to eat something to live. Therefore, he should accept the remnants of foodstuffs offered to Krishna. Any civilized man has to perform some religious ritualistic ceremonies. Therefore, Krishna recommends, do it for me. And this is called archan. Everyone has a tendency to give something in charity. Krishna says, give it to me. And this means that all surplus money accumulated should be utilized in furthering the Krishna consciousness movement. Nowadays, people are very much inclined to the meditational process, which is not practical in this age. But if anyone practices meditating on Krishna 24 hours a day by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra round his beads, he is surely the greatest meditator and the greatest yogi. And that's why when I'm asked in preaching, I tell them, yes, we do meditation. We do this kind of meditation. Prabhupada is directly here saying what kind of meditation we're doing. Japa, mantra meditate. We are meditating. Don't let these others tell you, oh, you don't do meditation. Yes, we do. We don't do in practical meditation. We do practical meditation of Krishna by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra. Everybody, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. As substantiated by the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, who knows what verse Prabhupada is referring to in chapter six? I know. I want to know who of you knows which verse Prabhupada is referring to. What verse in chapter 6? Anybody online know the answer to my question? At the end of the purport, Prabhupada was referring to something in the 6th chapter. What verse is Prabhupada referring to in the 6th chapter? Anybody? I see that we need to study Bhagavad Gita. Because we don't know what verse Prabhupada's referring to. 647. Turn to 647. It's the final verse of the chapter. Notice, right? He is surely the greatest meditator and the greatest yogi. What is verse 47 of chapter 6? Sanskrit. Yogi Namapi Sarvesha Matrantratmana. Aha, translation. And of all yogis, the one with great faith who always abides in me, thinks of me within myself, himself, and renders transcendental loving service to me. He is the most intimately united with me in yoga and in the highest of all. Is the highest of all the yogis. That is my opinion. That is. And do we, should we doubt Krishna's opinion? No. Is there anybody's opinion? Is Donald Trump's opinion better than Krishna's? No. No. He may think so, but Krishna's opinion. It, 
Yes? Because Krishna is dealing with Arjuna in a gentleman way. So Krishna is being humble. This is why I love about Krishna. He is the greatest authority. For those of you who don't know, Krishna Kumar said, why is Krishna in this verse saying, in my opinion? Very good question, Krishna Kumar. And my response is that Krishna is cool. He is so cool that he deals with Arjuna very humbly. Even though Krishna already was accepted by Arjuna as guru in what chapter? In what chapter did Arjuna accept Krishna as guru? Second. Second. Verse number seven. So already, he's already accepted Krishna as guru, yet the guru is being very humble saying, in my opinion. And at the end, what the, how does Krishna end? I've told you everything. Do as you like. He's not twisting his arm. He doesn't have a gun to his head. He's not forcing Arjuna. Polite, intelligent. It's not dogmatic. This is what I like about Krishna. Krishna is the best of all the gods. Bring your God. Go ahead. In my opinion, nobody's better than Krishna. Shall we continue? You gods. There's only one God. Well, you know, many people don't necessarily agree, but I'm talking about the world. If I was to go on TV, and if I was to say, Krishna is the best of all the gods, but the probably, phones would light up. Probably if you ask anybody, how many gods are there? It doesn't matter if he's Christian, he will say, only one God. Yeah, my God. Yeah, they say it like that, my God. And that's why sometimes I say, my God can beat up your God. <laughs> yeah, says the Father. All right, let's go to verse number 28. For those of you, we have 14 devotees online. Let's give a big Haribo, Haribo. to all the devotees online. So we have 14. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're studying the ninth chapter. What's it called? The most confidential knowledge. Right. Verse number 28. Please repeat. Shubha, Shubha, Falayar, Evam. Shubha, Shubha, Falayar, Evam. Moksha se karma bandhanai. Moksha se karma bandhanai. Sanyasa yoga yuktatma. Sanyasa yoga yuktatma. Vimukto maam upaishyasi. Vimukto. Synonyms, please repeat. Shubha. Shubha. From auspicious. From auspicious. Ashubha. Ashubha. And inauspicious. Inauspicious. So Sanskrit lesson, you just add that prefix a, and it makes it the opposite. Right? Just like antara, nirantara. Uh, ananda, nirananda. So they have these Sanskrit prefixes near a uh, changes the whole meaning. Falai, Falai. results. Um, Batukji. Another meaning of the word falai. 
Very good, you get the point. You beat Pachuk to it. Evam. Thus, Moksha say, you will become karma of work. Oh, I'm sorry. You will become free. Please repeat. You will become free. You will become free. Yeah, because that happens in 1866. Moksha yami. I will deliver you. Future tense. I will deliver you. Karma, Karma of work. Of work. Bandanai. Bandanai. From the bondage. From the bondage. Sannyasa. Sannyasa. Of renunciation. Of renunciation. Yoga. Yoga. The yoga. The yoga. Yukta Atma. Yukta Atma. Having the mind firmly set on. Having the mind firmly set on. Vimukta. Vimukta. Liberated. Liberated. Mam. To me. To me. Upaishyasi, Upaishyasi. You, will attain. you will attain. Translation. In this way, In this way you, will be freed you will be freed from bondage to work, from bondage to work. in its auspicious and inauspicious results. And its auspicious and inauspicious results. With your mind fixed on me. With your mind fixed on me. In this principle of renunciation. In this principle of renunciation. You will be liberated. You will be liberated. And come to me. And come to me. So before we go to Prabhupada's purport, I'd like to just explain it to you and for the benefit of my students online. So notice that whether it's auspicious or inauspicious. It's still bondage. That is something some people don't get. Everybody wants to become free from inauspicious fruits. But they don't want to be free from auspicious. But this is talking about material, not spiritual. But the thing of it is, if I'm attached to material auspicious results, I have to take birth again. So therefore, Krishna is saying, be freed from work, whether it's auspicious or inauspicious results. Going to the heavenly planets, getting a better job, moving to a fancy neighborhood. If I'm attached, if that's what I want, then Krishna says, fine, take another birth. But I have to become to the point I don't want anything here in this material. Fourth Shikshastakam prayer. Na danang, na janang, na sundaring. Kapitang ba jagadisha. Like I've been telling my students, learn these Shikshastakam prayers. Everything is there. All the core philosophy of Krishna consciousness is there in that Shikshastakam. So, yes. If I'm attached to those good results, then I have to come back in order to get them. That's the trap. That's the trap. Oh, you, you're attached? Then you got to stay back. The gorilla puts his hand in the jar and feels the nuts. But as long as he holds on to the nuts, he can't get free from the jar. <laughs> to get free from the jar, he has to let go of the nuts. 
I learned that example a long time ago in one of Prabhupada's lectures. So that's our position. We are monkeys, gorillas. We're attached to these nice material things. But you have to be detached. As it says here, this principle of renunciation. The devotee's attitude, Krishna gives me, fine. Like the best example, Sudama. When Sudama was poor, he worshipped Krishna. When he became wealthy, did he change? He was the same Sudama. And when it was time to leave his body, he let it go. Yudhisthira was king of the world. But then when he realized the age of Kali had approached, he left the kingdom and went to the north, took sannyas. Parikshit got the notice seven days. He could have fought it. He could have went to court, so to speak. Counter-cursed, right? Parikshit said, no, it's time to go. Leave all this. It's all nonsense anyway. It's a dream anyway. Now it's time to go. So that's the devotee's attitude. He's not attached. If Krishna gives me a tree to live under, fine. If Krishna gives me a palace to preach, fine. I have to be detached. Whether I'm preaching in some basement or I'm preaching in a big, big uh, auditorium, I have to be detached. With your mind fixed on me. So this is how to become liberated and go to Krishna. Detached from auspicious and inauspicious. Shall we go to the purport? Yes. All in favor, say Haribol. Haribol. Purport. One who acts in Krishna consciousness mm-hmm. under superior direction is called Yukta Vairagya. Everyone say that. Yukta Vairagya. The technical term is Yukta Vairagya. This is further explained by Rupa Goswami as follows. So this verse is very, very important verse in Bhakti. This verse was also quoted by Bhakti Siddhanta very much. So this next verse is very important. Anasaktasya vishayan yatarham upayunjata nirbandha krishna sambandhe yuktam vairagyam uchyate. Rupa Goswami says that as long as we are in the material world, we have to act. We cannot cease acting. Same thing Krishna says in chapter 3, if you recall. No one can refrain from doing something, not even for a moment. Even you're sleeping, your mind is still active. Okay, so there's no question that the soul is active by nature. The soul is by nature active. To be inactive is abnormal. Okay. Therefore, if actions are performed and the fruits are given to Krishna, then that is called Yukta Vairagya. Actually situated in renunciation, such activities clear the mirror of the mind. Lord Chaitanya's phrase, Chaito Darpana Marginum. First Shikshastakam line. Okay. And as the actor gradually makes progress in spiritual realization, he becomes completely surrendered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, at the end, he becomes liberated, and this liberation is also specified. By this liberation, 
he does not become one with the Brahma Jyoti, but rather enters into the planet of the Supreme Lord. It is clearly mentioned here, Mam Upaishyasi. He comes to me, back home, back to Godhead. There are five different stages of liberation. And here it is specified that the devotee who has always lived his lifetime here under the direction of the Supreme Lord, as stated, has evolved to the point where he can, after quitting this body, go back to Godhead and engage directly in the association of the Supreme Lord. Who can tell me the significance of this word back to Godhead? Why is Prabhupada saying back to Godhead? Thank you. Because we were originally there. Actually, we are there. We're just dreaming we're here. How's your dream going? Is it going good for you? To totally involved the dream. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, back to Godhead. And engage directly in the association of the Supreme Lord. Anyone who has no interest but to dedicate his life to the service of the Lord is actually a sannyasi. Such a person always thinks of himself as an eternal servant, dependent on the supreme will of the Lord. As such, whatever he does, he does it for the benefit of the Lord. Whatever actions he performs, he performs it as a service to the Lord. He does not give serious attention to the fruitive activities or prescribed duties mentioned in the Vedas. For ordinary persons, it is obligatory to execute the prescribed duties mentioned in the Vedas. But although a pure devotee who is completely engaged in the service of the Lord may sometimes appear to go against the prescribed Vedic duties, actually is not so. Because we began this purport, I pointed out, what did Lord Chaitanya say is the Regulative principle of all regulative principles. Always remember Krishna. Always remember Krishna. Never forget. If you do that, you're covered. Let us continue. It is said, therefore, by Vaishnava authorities, that even the most intelligent person cannot understand the plans and activities of a pure devotee. The exact words are Tara Vakya Kriya Mudra Vigyaya Na Bhujai from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. A person who is thus always engaged in the service of the Lord or is always thinking and planning how to serve the Lord is to be considered completely liberated at present and in the future his going back home back to Godhead is guaranteed. Prabhupada would sometimes give the example. You're on a boat, you're on a plane, you're on a train. You're going to a particular destination. If you just stay, you'll get there, right? Say you're going back to India, right? All of you 
from India. So you get on that plane. If you stay, it's just a matter of time, you'll get to India. So the same way, we're on the Bhakti Mark, or we're on the Iskan boat, or we're following Prabhupada. We stay the course, we're going to reach it. It's just the question of being patient. Let us continue. A person who is thus always engaged in the service of the Lord or is always thinking and planning how to serve the Lord is to be considered completely liberated at present. And in the future, his going back home back to Godhead is guaranteed. He is above all material criticism just as Krishna is above all criticism. Because when you are, what Prabhupada is saying here, when you are fully engaged in devotional service 24-7 for instance turn to 1426 another important verse of Bhagavad Gita 1426 because 1426 is exactly what Prabhupada is talking about here but to read the translation to 1426 one who engages in full devotional service, unfailing in all circumstances, at once transcends, transcends the modes of material nature and thus comes to the level of Brahma. So that's why he just said at the end of this purport, he is above all material criticism just as Krishna, because Krishna is Brahma Bhuyaya, spiritual. Here Krishna is saying that if you engage 24-7 in his service, you're also Brahma Bhuyaya. You have reached your spiritual equality with Krishna. Spiritual uh, constitutional equality. Not potency, but in terms of you're still, now you're on an equal level spiritually. Now we're not. Because we're still affected by the material energy. But this stage, 1426, where you're 24-7 and 365 engaged in devotional service, you have transcended the modes. Now there's nothing interfering with your connection with Krishna. You understand that? Ishwarapur, you got that? Let us go now to text 29. All in favor say, Hari Bol. All right. These verses here, the rest of this chapter is full of con the most confidential knowledge. These final verses, they're just chock full of the most confidential knowledge. Sammoham sarvabhuteshu Sammoham sarvabhuteshu Name dvesya stina priya Name dvesya stina priya Ye bhajanti tumang bhaktya Ye bhajanti tumang bhaktya Maite te shuchapyaham Maite te shuchapyaham Sama Sama Equally disposed Equally disposed Aham Aham I I Sarva Bhuteshu Sarva Bhuteshu To all living entities To all living entities So, Ishwara Puridas Is that referring only to human beings? When Krishna says Sarva Bhuteshu is that only human beings? Huh? What does that mean? All living entities. 
How many species? 8,400,000. Right. In Vrindavan, did not the cows respond to Krishna? I was reading in Krishna book on Thursday, all of Krishna's cows have a name. And Krishna was calling them. And when there was the fire and the cows were crying, Krishna called each cow by his name. Right? And all living things are attracted by Krishna. And even inanimate things, the Yamuna flows in the opposite direction to be with Krishna. Okay, let's continue. Na, no, no one, no one may, may to me, dvesha, hateful. hateful. So, give me an example of somebody who was hateful of Krishna. Kamsa, very good. Kamsa was very hateful. Who else? Shishupal, very good. Who else? Duryodhan. Hey, we're getting good. This is called Krishna Smarana. Yes, we need flowers for the arti. Very important. I knew you were coming, and I knew you were bringing flowers. Let's give a big Hari Bol to Rama. Very good. Very good. Hari Bol. Oh, somebody just typed in Putana. Very good. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. First one. All right. Very good. I was thinking of Jarasandha. Jarasandha. Why did Jarasandha hate Krishna specifically? Because he defeated him so many times. Be, no, but what, before that, what made him fight Krishna 70, 18 times? Why has he got to do with Kamsa? He's a father-in-law. Ha! His two daughters were married to Kamsa. Right? Nobody wants their daughter to come back home after she's married. That's a big headache. And Kamsa didn't have any sons. If she had sons, then they would live with her son. But he didn't have any sons. So they had no choice. They had to go back to daddy. Jarasandha was very angry at Krishna. All right. Kaliya. Yeah, but he didn't kill Kaliya. He didn't. He punished him. He gave him a break. Why did Krishna give Kaliya a break? The wives. The wives saved him. How embarrassing. Your wife has to save you. <laughs> but because of their prayers, yes, he was given a pass. Because they begged, please don't kill our husband. We need him. Those Kaliya, those Nagaputnis are very, those prayers are very, very nice. All right, let's continue. Uh, let's see where we left off. Asti, Asti. is. So that's one of the wives of uh, Kamsa. Asti and Prapti. Okay. Na, na. Priya, dear. Ye, those, those who. Bhajanti, render transcendental service. Notice he's not using the word worship. He's using this word. Render transcendental service. In the purport to 627, 647, he went and explained why bhajanti doesn't mean worship. In the, in the purport of 647, well, 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 come here you, up front. I want to see you. Right there. Very good. Jai Jai. 
Yes, give him a book. Everybody has to have a book in my class. Very good. Show him where we're at. Very good. So, in 647, Prabhupada explains the word bhajanti, meaning to render service. Let's continue. To, but, mom, unto me, bhaktya, in devotion, mai, are in me, te, such persons, teshu, in them, cha, also, api, certainly, aham, I. Please repeat. I envy no one. I envy no one. Nor am I partial to anyone. Nor am I partial to anyone. I am equal to all. But whoever renders service unto me. But whoever renders service unto me. In devotion. In devotion. Is a friend. Is a friend. Is in me. Is in me. And I am also a friend to him. And I am also a friend to him. So this verse. There's so much in this verse that I could lecture a couple of hours on this verse. There's a lot here. So, Krishna does not envy anyone. Why? Because he's supreme. Who does he have to be envious of? He's got everything. Um, we read in the Vedas, by very definition, the supreme means no one is equal to and no one is greater. Who is there that Krishna is going to be envious of? So it's impossible for him to be envious of anyone. There's no competition. Right? It's, it's ridiculous. Now, he's not partial. Just like the sun. Does anyone, can anyone claim the sun belongs to them? No. The sun is aloof in the sky. The sun is giving its sun rays to good people to bad people to everyone indiscriminately so Krishna so many times in the Vedas is compared to the sun because he is available he's, he's equal to everyone he's not partial if I keep myself in my room locked up and then I say oh the sun is partial because it won't come to my room get out of the room the sun is there. Same way, anyone can get Krishna's mercy. They just have to become a devotee. But that's the trick. They don't, just like Prabhupada would say, right? Sometimes in Los Angeles, the neighbors would complain. Oh, you have so many cars. You eat so good. And Prabhupada says, why don't you join us? <laughs> why don't you join us? But that's the trick. Or another uh, argument they give, another argument they give that, um, you know, I'll believe in God when God reveals himself to me. So Prabhupada's response is, I have the process by which God will reveal himself. Why don't you take it? But that they won't do. See? They want God on their terms, but God says no on my terms. You can't, just like in any, any big man, you can't go to a big man and say, 
you have to do this, you have to do this. No, he doesn't. He's the big man. You're the small man. So what to speak of God? So you cannot say to God, yeah, I'll believe in you when you do this and do this. God says, no. <laughs> you want me, it's on my terms. And what is God's terms? Who, when or to who will God reveal himself? Devotee. One who surrenders, one who renders service. So Prabhupada's point is, here is the process by which God will reveal himself. Now, if you don't take it, who is that God's fault? Say a rich man. Say tomorrow we read in the papers, right? Let's say we read in the papers that Warren Buffett is going to give away $2 billion. All you have to do is go to his house. So, can you say, hey, no, you know, send me the check in email. <laughs> Put it in my PayPal account. No. <laughs> He's telling you, you want my money? You come and see me. When I used to work, when I used to work in Westwood as a bookkeeper, we had a crazy boss. He was a megalomaniac. He was such a, uh, you know, such an ego freak. So one, one year, one, one, you know, we get paid every two weeks, right? So normally his secretary, you know, every two weeks would pass out everybody's check. But on this particular weekend, he wanted everyone in the office to come to him and explain to him why they should get paid. So we all had to go and worship his lotus feet. Oh, Mr. Such and Such, I deserve this paycheck because I am a pure devotee of your company and you are the greatest boss and you are so wonderful and everybody was thinking I hate this guy he's such a but they wanted their paycheck they had to worship his lotus feet right you wanted your paycheck you had and that meant the vice presidents and you know everybody had to go there and beg for their check like a little dog wagging their tail why they felt they deserved the check now for one reason or another the boss liked me why did the boss like me? Because I'm smart. <laughs> when I worked for that boss, whenever I would meet the boss, I would glorify him. I would praise him. Because he was the guru. So, I would, every time the boss, I would say, I like working here and I really think that you're a great person to work for. So when I went for my check, I didn't have to explain. He just, he knew me. He said, yeah, here's your check. But somebody else, others, they had to explain. So as I've always said, flattery gets you everywhere in this world. Whether it's your wife, your boss, flattery. But you have to be humble. All right, let's continue. So Krishna is equal to everyone. Okay. But notice... What he says next, but whoever renders service unto me is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. Here, God is revealing very, that's why this chapter, the most confidential knowledge. This second part of this shloka 
is something 99% of the human population does not know. Therefore, this second half of the shloka is very confidential. Whoever renders service to me is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. Classic example of this, Durvasa. When Durvasa was being chased by Sudarshan Chakra, he went to Lord Brahma. Lord Brahma said, I can't save you. He went to Lord Shiva, of whom he's a partial expansion of. Lord Shiva said, I can't save you. He went to Narayan and asked Narayan, please take away your Sudarshan Chakra. And Narayan said, no. You have offended my devotee, Ambarish. And that's when Narayan told Durvasa, in my heart, I only know my devotees, nobody else. Why? Why? Because in my devotees' heart, they don't know anyone but me. This is the secret of devotional life. This is the secret. God, in his heart, all he knows, his devotees. Because in the devotee's heart, they'd have nobody but the Lord. That's why Krishna says in 1866, Mam Ekam. Mam Ekam means, no, 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 exclusive. And you've heard me say so many times, no wife wants her husband that she has to share with 16,108. <laughs> she, that's why Krishna had to expand himself into 16,108 Krishnas. Otherwise, there would be huge jealousy fights. Right? So no wife was feeling neglected. All right? So even in the material world, they want this exclusivity. All right? So God is the same way. You want God, you have to have exclusive devotion. And if that exclusive devotion is not there, then don't expect God to have exclusivity for you. Doesn't work that way. He wants exclusive devotion, then you can get him. All right, let's look at Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Srila Prabhupada ki. One may question here, that if Krishna is equal to everyone and no one is his special friend, then why does he take a special interest in the devotees who are always engaged in his transcendental service? But this is not discrimination. It is natural. Any man in this material world may be very charitably disposed, yet he has a special interest in his own children. The Lord claims that every living entity in whatever form is his son and so he provides everyone with a generous supply of the necessities of life he is just like a cloud which pours rain all over regardless of whether it falls on rock or land or water but for his devotees he gives specific attention such devotees are mentioned here they are always in Krishna consciousness and therefore they are always transcendentally situated in Krishna. The very phrase, Krishna consciousness, suggests that those who are in such consciousness 
are living transcendentalists situated in him. The Lord says here distinctly, Maite, they are in me. Naturally, as a result, the Lord is also in them. This is reciprocal. This also explains the word, Ye yata mang prapadyante tangs tataiva bajam yaham. That line is from fourth chapter, verse number 11. Okay, that's where that line comes from. Whoever surrenders unto me, proportionately, I take care of him. There's only one example where this does not hold up. Ramah, where is the only example where this line of Bhagavad Gita does not hold up? For the gopis, as Krishna himself said the night of the Rasa dance, I cannot repay you for your selfless service. Okay. The transcendental reciprocation exists because the Lord and the devotee are conscious. When a diamond is set in a golden ring, it looks very nice. The gold is glorified and at the same time, the diamond is glorified. The Lord and the living entity eternally glitter. And when a living entity becomes inclined to the service of the Supreme Lord, he looks like gold. What is the name of the street out here? Golden Avenue. What is the Hindi word for gold? Sona. Kundan? Yeah, pure gold. Yes, sir. Hmm. And he wonders why I call it Kundan Loka. Hmm. The Supreme Lord. Okay. The Lord is a diamond. And so this combination is very nice. Living entities in a pure state are called devotees. That is a very nice definition. Here is, there are so many definitions for what is a devotee. Look at this. Living entities in a pure state are called devotees. And therefore, if they're not in a pure state, they're called non-devotees. The Supreme Lord becomes the devotee of his devotees. Bhakta Vatsala, right? If a reciprocal relationship is not present between the devotee and the Lord, then there is no personalist philosophy. In the impersonal philosophy, there is no reciprocation between the Supreme Lord and the living entity. But in the personalist philosophy, there is. The example is often given that the Lord is like a desire tree. And whatever one wants from this desire tree, the Lord supplies. But here, the explanation is more complete. The Lord is here stated to be partial to the devotees. This is the manifestation of the Lord's special mercy to the devotees. The Lord's reciprocation should not be considered to be under the law of karma. That's a big sentence. In other words, it's not business. The law of karma is automatic, whereas reciprocation with Krishna is not. Because many times, Krishna does not reciprocate. He also told that 
to the gopis the night of the rasa dance. Krishna said, if I always reciprocate, then devotees will think I am cheap. Krishna said. So sometimes Krishna does not reciprocate to test the devotee to see how serious the devotee actually is. And you've heard me mention many times, each and every one of us is going to be tested. That test will be, well, I did my praying, I did my worship, but I'm not getting what I want from Krishna. Maybe I should worship Ganesh. That is the test. I did my puja, and Krishna didn't give me my raise at my job. I'm going to become Durga Mata worshiper. That is what happens. They didn't pass Krishna's test. But a pure devotee, no matter what Krishna does, what does Lord Chaitanya say in final Shikshastakam? Yes? No, final. Yes? Yes. My Lord, you are my Lord unconditionally. You can break my heart. You can make me feel oneness with you. Doesn't matter. And in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, when Radharani is explaining that final Shikshastakam verse, we see Radharani's mentality. Oh, Krishna wants this gopi for his enjoyment? Radharani says, I go to her, become her maidservant, and drag her by the hand to Krishna. That's Radharani. She has no conception of selfishness. Another story. Narada king to the Brahmins. Krishna has a headache. What do you want us to do? Krishna says he needs the dust of your feet. The Brahmin said, no, go away. If we give Krishna's the dust of our feet, we go to hell. Then Narada went to the gopis. Gopis said, what's happening? Que pasa? Narada said, Krishna has a headache. What? Krishna has a headache? What should we do? Narada said, Krishna wants the dust from your feet. Gopis said, take, come on, as much as you like. Narada said, but you're going to go to hell. We don't care. We want Krishna's headache to go away. Prabhupada said the closest thing to love of Krishna is the love of the mother for the child. You mothers know when your children were growing up, you sacrificed everything for your child. Sleep, health, right? Even now, I bet you, if your children need something, you'll deny yourself. Yes? Yes? Yes. We know. I know from my wife. My daughter needs something, two o'clock in the morning, she's ready to be there. That's the way mothers are. Yes. So that's pure love. No conditions. Whatever it takes. All right. We're going to end our Bhagavad Gita class here. And now I promised that I...
Somebody is missing from their seat. Where did he go? Oh, he went to get... Oh. No. Water. Oh. Come he back to get your water seat. For you. <laughs> well, 